And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right, well, we are back for yet another episode. Andy, what's going on in your world, buddy? You staying at home like you're supposed to? I'm being a good boy, although I did go to the liquor store, and I was really disappointed because I didn't see the Bush Light guy again. Well, I think that uh, the liquor store, all those items are considered essential items, so I don't think that that's being bad. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, man. Hey, I did see a stat, though, uh, when I was uh, scrolling through Facebook the other day, uh, that uh, liquor sales are almost like skyrocketing. They're up like 55%. Yeah, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, what I heard was, uh, let's see, beer was up like 40-some percent. Yeah, I actually wrote down the numbers because I was a geek. (laughs) Oh, well, if you got the facts... Yeah, um, you're right. It said beer was up 42%, and wine was up 66%, and then liquor was up 75 Yeah, I was going to say, it's super crazy. Like People are just getting fucked up. and. Yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think people are stressed out, and I feel like, you know, I hate to say it, but I feel like Courtney and I have drank, you know, more recently than... I mean, for her, she's kind of dealing with the shit at work, so she is, you know... She's dealing with a lot of extra training and blah, 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 and teaching extra classes or whatever, whatever she does. But, um, you know, I know that it's definitely affected her, and I think that it's kind of hard to not just come home and want to wind down with a drink. But then if you're dealing with any of the stress surrounding this thing and you're not even leaving your house, then there's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of extra time to just kind of sit around and tie one on, I guess. Yeah, maybe that Bush Light guy getting all those cases. He's like a doctor or something. He's like, fuck, I'm stressed out. I think if I was a doctor, I'd have I to drink know, something harder than that. Maybe he's got some kind of yeah, high-stress job like that. Right. Hey, well, I did see uh, something that was at least positive in all this. I don't know if you saw this news story, but uh, Taylor Swift, she is paying the salary of the workers at um, Grimey's, that record store in Nashville. I did see that. That that was really great. Yeah, and she's paying, it said, three months of their health care, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty damn admirable thing because it's going to be those small businesses that can't afford to really do much to make it up for their employees that, you know, that aren't going to have a paycheck. I mean, so it's a tough thing, man. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot that everyone's going through right now. I think that you know. Yeah, especially too with Nashville. Like I don't, I don't specifically know if that store was impacted, but I know that that tornado ripped through there like a month ago. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I've, I've obviously heard of that record store, but I've never been there. I'm not really familiar with what part of Nashville it's in. I think it's just downtown somewhere, but. But yeah, I mean, hey, say what you want about Tay-Tay. A lot of people seem to think she's a bitch, but I mean, that's a pretty cool move, you know? 
Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I mean, it's kind of hard to hate her now if you uh, did already. Yeah, people hate everything, though. You know, people just like to hate on shit. That's why we have this podcast, because you know, we like to hate on shit every once in a while too. But although I'll be honest, that's a good segue because I don't know if I actually hate uh, any of these albums that we're about to talk about. Yeah, I don't know if hate is the word for any of them. Um, I suppose I can elaborate on that as we go through it. But yeah, I don't. We could probably jump into it. I don't feel like spending too much time talking about the effects of the uh, coronavirus thing because that's that's all you see or read anywhere anymore. So people probably don't want to listen to that. Let's move into these albums. Uh, the first one I've got is one that you recommended. It is Brian Fallon and Local Honey. Yeah. If you want to start there. Well, hell yeah, let's start there. I'm fine with whatever, man. I've got pretty much nothing to do today for once. <laughs> so since I actually, what I thought was going to be a two-day project building that patio wall, I mean, I ended up having help and got it done in one day. So that was pretty badass. So. Oh, cool. So now yeah, my body cool. is sore. And I don't feel like doing much more than just sitting around drinking beer and talking. So anyhow. Um, I was kind of glad you like recommended this because um, listening to this Brian Fallon album, uh, like I thought that he sounded familiar. And I was like, who is this guy? Or like, does he just sound uh, like somebody I've heard before? But I looked him up and he's he was the guy from the Gaslighting Anthem. Right. Yeah, so I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know if you were a fan of Gaslight Anthem at all. or I've listened to uh, the 59 sound, and I think it was what, American Slang? Yeah. Those are ones that Denny told me about. Yeah, I mean, the 59 sound is just... Uh, man, I never put that record on and not like feel like shit. I almost forgot how good this was. Like, I've never really forgotten how good it was, but yet every time I put it on, I'm surprised. Again, like, fuck, this is a great record, you know? I remember first hearing that album, and, you know, it's one of those few where you bring it home and you throw it on, and as soon as it's done, you're like, fuck, I gotta listen to that again, you know? And I did. I mean, I remember that very, very well, and that is a... That is a masterpiece of an album, and I don't think, I don't think Brian Fallon or Gaslight Anthem has done anything quite as good since. But I do like that American Slang album, and I do like handwritten. Um, you know that the last album, I can't even remember what the hell it was called. To be honest with you, I didn't buy it. I listened to it once and didn't like it. Mm. And then his solo stuff hasn't really done a lot for me. It's like. The, the bulk of his stuff's okay, but I just, you know, the few Gaslight Anthem albums that are good are just, you know, really good, and I just don't think these uh, solo albums have really touched it. And so you just kind of set the bar too high for himself, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's not like any of his stuff's bad. It's just he hasn't done a lot for me. And really, this one... I do like it. I like it a lot, but this to me is the best thing he's done since Gaslight Anthem's handwritten album. Uh, 
I am not super in love with this album. It's a good, solid record, and I like it, and I like its sound. Um, but it has its highlights. That song, Vincent, is the shit. I love that song. That was the first couple songs I just kind of thought were okay. And uh, and then that third song, Vincent, really was the one that, I mean, the lyrics are fucking great. Just from the first line, my name is Jolene, but I hate that song. It's just one of those <laughs> lyrics. Like that one lyric on its own isn't like this complete fucking masterpiece, but it was enough to where, you know, it pulls you in. Like you're like, oh, okay, that was a cool lyric. Now you got my attention. And then the whole rest of the song is just really lyrically great so so yeah uh yeah i like that first <laughs> song though you said you kind of weren't yeah like, i mean the first couple didn't grab me the first listen they're kind of like they kind of grew on me probably like on the third listen you know and that just might be because you know you go into it and you're trying to like you have an expectation oh gotcha. and if it just didn't knock your dick in the dirt right away maybe you kind of write it off but, yeah, I mean, to me, Vincent was where it really picked up and was great. And then I feel like that I Don't Mind If I'm With You song is kind of like the hit, you know, of the record. Yeah, that was my favorite one out of all of them. Yeah. I think Vincent's my favorite, but I Don't Mind definitely – or, yeah, I Don't Mind. That one definitely has, like, the most, I don't know, accessible kind of sound. Like, it's the most obvious hook, I guess, you know. So, I thought that was cool. I thought Horses was a cool song. And the last song, You Have Stolen My Heart. I thought that was a really cool song. So, those were kind of, to me, the highlights. The rest of it was, you know, okay. It's a good, solid listen front to back. I mean, and it might be one of those things that, uh, you know, grows on me with time. And I might like the other songs more down the road the more I listen to it. Um you know, and I think part of the problem with this kind of record is, I mean, John Moreland kind of dropped the baddest fucking record, <laughs> you know, like a month ago or so. Whenever that came out, it was like for this kind of album, and it's almost the same kind of album. It's like a singer-songwriter record, mostly acoustic guitar, and then it has kind of those oddball, atmospheric kind of, uh, you know, modern production touches kind of the little electronic things thrown thrown around just in the mix here and there and i yeah i mean i just i don't know <laughs> it's tough because I, I start listening to this and i kind of almost just want to skip to the songs that i like and then go put the john moreland record on instead so well almost um, speaking of that um, record. I actually had something I was going to ask you about, and that kind of actually is a good like tie into it. Because uh, when I looked up uh, this Brian Fallon album, it came up under the tag of a country. Mm. But then when I was listening to it, it doesn't sound like a country album. And even that uh, John Moreland, it wasn't really like like I wouldn't consider that a country album. But then, like, do you think? They don't really have a genre for it other than singer-songwriter, so everything like this just gets labeled country. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if it's, depending on the source, like whether they sub-genre stuff out, you know, like, 
like if they just break everything down into rock, country, pop, hip hop, then yeah, this is probably going to get lumped into country because it's closer to that than really anything else, you know, but I mean, it's to me it's still Americana, you know. It's your American folk rock kind of thing, you know. Yeah, because that's what popped in my head. Because I, I see Jason Isbell gets labeled as Americana, and I was like, "Well, I would lump like these guys into that category instead of just like a, a country." But I guess I think, like you said, it's just a catch-all that they just throw stuff in. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. Lazy, I guess, is the word that I yeah. would, I would use because it just seems like you can't. I don't know. It's just tough because nowadays, too, like what you hear on modern country radio, I mean, 40 years ago, people would have laughed at you like this ain't fucking country. Are you kidding me? You know? So I can't really imagine what, you know, Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard or some of these, the old school guys, what they think of would think of modern country and when you hear a fucking drum machine because I actually listened to something today just because I came across it scrolling through the new releases and I I can't even remember what the hell it was but it was some pop country artist that I had heard of before and I was like you know I have no frame of reference to what this fucker sounds like so I'm going to click on it and listen to it and it was just it was just terrible A but (laughs) You know, it was fairly catchy at the same time, but it was just, I don't know. It was like a drum machine. It was like a pop song and some guy just talking about redneck shit and having kind of an accent, you know? <laughs> and it's like modern country is almost just a parody of itself at this point. So I feel like these bands, like if you were to think about some older singer-songwriter type country artist like say like Towns Van Zant or uh, I don't know Blaze Foley or Merle Haggard or you know these these guys from the 70s I think that Jason Isbell and this Brian Fallon record even I mean you could kind of tie it into that you, you know maybe they don't have the southern accent you know but it would kind of be country if you were comparing it to that. But then all this other country that's out there that some would argue isn't even country music. <laughs> yeah, it's just pop music. It's kind of, yeah, it's just kind of tainted what people consider country. So it's like, I think now country has like this stigma to it. Like people, like people wouldn't want to be associated with it. Like I wouldn't. There's a lot of country music I love, and you know I wouldn't want my shit to be called country because I wouldn't want people to think that you know. Oh, so you sound like Florida Georgia Line? Fuck no, I don't sound like that, you asshole. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I was also thinking of this too, kind of like my mind was wandering because last night I watched, uh, like I went back and found some of it on YouTube, but it was that Metal Evolution show where they were going into all the subgenres. Oh yeah, I've never watched all of that, but I've seen some of it. 
And it's like, see, yeah, it's like rock has like so many subgenres, and I think he said like there's like 24 like subgenres, or this was even like 2011 or 12, so there's probably more now. But he was saying there's like 24, maybe there's really uh, not that many subgenres of country, so that is why it all just is labeled as country. Because there's what, just country and Americana. <laughs> yeah, I guess. There's country and there's western. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think the that rock indoor role. The metal thing is just like, look, those people are just so diehard at categorizing everything and they're such fucking dorks. At the end of the day, they're just a bunch of you know, anal fucking nerds that came <laughs> up with all these subgenres just to pick everything apart and categorize this as this, and I think that's kind of overkill, you know, like I don't know all the subgenres of metal. I know of yeah. a chunk of them, but man, at this point, there's probably twelve different black metal subgenres. You know, so that gets a bit exhausting. You start breaking everything down into subgenres, and I just feel like people ask me, "Well, what do you listen to? Rock or hip hop or country?" And I listen to good music. You know, I don't. I obviously lean towards rock a little bit more than some of the other genres, but I listen to good music. I don't listen to shitty rock. I listen <laughs> to good rock. I don't listen to shitty hip-hop. I listen to good hip-hop. There's some hip-hop I like. You know, that's kind of the one that I don't listen to very much of. That's the one genre that's just not really my thing, but there's some stuff I really do like, too. But, um, you know. Yeah, I think there's, like, good in everything. Yeah, you just, yeah, it's the best way to describe it, man. Just, hey, I listen to good music. Oh, so you listen to Nickelback? No, that's not what I fucking said. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man, I don't know. Well, I'd put the Brian Fallon album in the good music category. Yeah, I mean, it's good, you know, I'm not, you know, yeah. Solid, not super excited, not in love with it, not quite where I was at with the John Moreland record. Um, you know, but hey, having said that, man, I mean, Jason Isbell is, uh, I've mentioned many times what a force to be reckoned with he is as a songwriter and everything. And I got to tell you, I'm not super excited for this new record, man. This is oh, really? first time where I've heard his new songs and just kind of been like, well, I'm actually not, I'll, I'll buy it, obviously, being the fan that I am, but man, I am not those songs there's three songs that are out right now and I've only listened to them like once a piece um except for the uh the first one they put out that Be Afraid that's been yeah I've only listened to the first one yeah that one's been on the radio a few times I I will say that one grew on me with time and I only listened to the other two like once I I like listening to his stuff within the context of the album when it comes out I want to put the record on and I want to absorb it you know because sometimes that kind of stuff, it has to be the right moment and the right time for you to hear it. But, but it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really chomping at the bit to get this this album, you know, which kind of bums me out. But again, when it comes to those kind of songwriters, man, I feel like John Moreland knocked it out of the fucking park. And so maybe I'm just looking at it like, well, fuck it, that's the that's the singer songwriter record of the year, and. I don't know if I'm ever going to hear anything that touches it again. You can't really compare them. I mean, 
It's just the Jason Isbell record will probably be great. It will probably be a totally different thing. Um, you know, but although sometimes like how you're saying like the three songs uh um that are out in advance, like sometimes like I feel like I like those songs. Uh, but then like I guess with the Green Day one, I didn't really like any of the three songs that they put out, but I liked the rest of the album and then even the Ozzy one. I kind of like some of those that they put out, but I like some of the album tracks more. So it could be uh, something where they're like, okay, people are expecting one thing, so we're going to give them this because that's the most um, Green Day sounding song. But then they're doing other stuff on the album. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, and I felt that way with the Green Day thing too. Like, I enjoy the record way more than when I just kind of previewed a couple songs. So. <clears throat> So yeah, man, not to go off on a tangent and talk again about a record we've already talked about in the past episode, but um, you want to move on to the Pearl the Pearl Jam, the Jam of Pearls? Yeah, that was next um, in my listing. Uh, this was uh, Gigaton. It came out the same day as Brian Fallon on the 27th, and this is Pearl Jam's. I actually had to go back and look. This is their 11th album. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they've got a lot of stuff out, man. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, <clears throat> you know, you know, your first album was really fucking huge when, you know, they're still making a big deal thirty years later, out of your new upcoming album, because people were kind of like you were hearing a lot about it, and people were kind of hyping it up, like, oh, a new Pearl Jam album's coming out. And it's like, yeah, but. Like, nothing in the last 20 years, on a wide scale, I'm not saying to a super fan, or any fan for that matter, but I'm just saying, in the last 20 years, Pearl Jam hasn't really done anything that was super memorable, you know? Really past that first record, I mean, the second record was huge, and I love that album, Versus is still my <clears throat> my favorite thing they've ever done, <coughs> excuse me, um... You know, and I, I've enjoyed stuff since, but I mean, as far as, you know, widespread radio play and everything and just people still only listen, like the radio still only plays the singles off the first record. Yeah. Know? And even, yeah, they might dip into verses a little bit. Yeah. You might hear daughter, you know, still, I mean, yeah, there's other great songs. I'm not discrediting. I mean, like I said, that's my favorite album of theirs still and you know that's a fucking killer killer album and i'm not discrediting anything they've done since i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying that like on a major like the major radio stations still talk about pearl jam and hype up the fact that they have a new album coming out and the promotions are everywhere and it's weird to me because they haven't even had a really big hit in the last two decades, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I was uh, thinking, too, when I was taking notes and I was listening to this. Uh, I honestly forgot about their last album, Lightning Bolt, and I had to look it up, and it was 2013, I think. And But here was something that I wanted to ask you, like not to get uh, too off-topic already before we even talk about the album. But 
uh, I was thinking about this since I forgot about Lightning Bolt. That's actually the only one of theirs that I have not bought in some form, whether it was new at the time it came out or it was used because I bought, I think, uh, 10. I bought that used. But um, the last one I bought was, I think it was Backspacer, and I bought it for a girlfriend I was dating at the time. But either way, um, I was thinking, since I forgot about that album because I didn't buy it, do you think that that is the way some people kind of, it's like an example of the way people treat music, that it's disposable? Because I can remember, like any album I bought, I can remember, like, shit, I bought this like the day it came out. Or I bought this used at Bob's, or I bought this. But if you just stream it, and you don't actually go out of your way to get it, is it, um, it's, I guess, disposable to you, right? Because you're not actually, um, it's not your own money, and you're just streaming it. So isn't that the way, basically, people treat music now? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I feel. I think you're right, <clears throat> you know, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know a better way to really describe it. I don't – I think that that, like, in the point that I was trying to make with Pearl Jam not having a hit, I mean, yeah. people are going to call bullshit on that and say, I don't know what I'm talking about, but here's the deal. They released singles. They were probably technically a hit for five minutes, but they had no lasting power. So outside of that first six months that the record came out and the radio spinning it to promote that record, it did not stay in rotation. So, and I think a lot of that, because if you think about it, when you listen to any of these radio stations, even the ones that are playing modern music, they're pretty much the classics are in your regular rotation. And as far as like oldies, you know, classic rock stations, that's definitely the case. All you're getting is stuff from 1990 and before. Or whatever the exact date is, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't do some fucking study to actually figure out these numbers, but you get my point. But, and then, you, like, you, you know, you got like 1057 The X, which is, you know, our modern rock uh, radio station around here, and they do play new stuff. But if you listen to them, short of what, is new and current for say like five finger death punch puts out a new record and they're spinning the new song. Most of the stuff is that's in regular rotation aside from those brand new songs is just going to be your, your same say maybe 50 songs that are in the fucking bank that were the biggest hits over the last couple decades. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to come out and be a hit, and it's going to disappear. You know, and a lot of that is because people stopped buying records a long time ago. You know, and it's like you're saying, it's disposable to them. And so I think the stuff that's going to have the lasting power is is going to be everything prior to this whole like digital takeover where people just stopped buying shit and just started paying for streaming services, you know? I think, yeah, not to go, I guess we're going too far um, off this or in this rabbit hole, but you were, um, you just kind of, um, you made me think of something because 
Yeah, I've worked in radio for so long, so I kind of remember like uh, those Pearl Jam albums coming out. Like I remember, uh, I think it was self-titled that came out, and there was a single on that one. It was Worldwide Suicide. Uh, but yeah, you only heard it for about five minutes when the album came out. And I think uh, the next one, the last one I bought, I said it was Backspacer. And that came out 2009. I really liked the single uh, um, that came out from that one. It was, uh, I think it was like The Fixer or something. And that was really good. But I don't know if you could say it was really a hit because yeah, I, I remember heard playing that song it. at all in like 10 years. But uh, to your other point, with like bands from the same kind of um, the 90s that are still around, like uh, Green Day, Foo Fighters, and Chili Peppers, they're still putting out the same amount of albums that Pearl Jam is, but uh, you'll actually still hear those new songs from those bands. Like, you'll still hear, like, Wake Me Up When September Ends. You'll still hear, like, I don't know, Walk from the Foo Fighters. I guess The Pretender. Other stuff from Chili Peppers from their albums in the 2000s, but you never hear Pearl Jam's stuff. Right. It's weird. It's weird because they're all as big. They're all kind of at the same level. They're all like headline in like Wrigley Field, but you never hear any Pearl Jam other than that first album. Yeah, and I mean that kind of yeah that makes my point. I mean the Foo Fighters have been putting out like they still have hits on their albums, you know, and yeah. the radio keeps playing them because I think they just have more lasting power. I think they were bigger hits. I think more people like them. I don't think. I think Pearl Jam is just one of those they just they would have big live shows because live they have kind of a cult following. They have their their fans fucking love them cuz they're great live. On as far as just a casual music consumer, I mean these songs aren't enough to grab anyone and make them want to go buy the record or even probably listen to the whole thing. You know, as far as this new record goes, I think it's okay. But I mean, that single, that dance of the clairvoyance, I the verses are great, but there's no fucking chorus. So you know, it wasn't going to be a hit, and that was their single. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I I really like that song, and I thought it was like the most refreshing Pearl Jam song I've ever heard, maybe in like 20 years. But yeah, you're right. There actually is no chorus to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's I think the- he says he's in love with clairvoyance, but he doesn't actually say the title in the song either. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird record to me because I overall, I think that they captured a more like a it's more of a fresh sound than what they've had in a while. Yeah. Backspacer, it was kind of like a uh I don't know. I actually did like some of the stuff on that, but it was kind of a throwback record. I mean, it didn't sound like 10, but it it sounded it felt like you were getting kind of more of a classic Pearl Jam kind of record. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that even means cuz they didn't really necessarily change their sound too much but they have always kind of you know uh like jesus i'm trying to think of the name of that what was the third record called 
Uh, Vitalogy? Yeah. Because um, that one was really weird. Like, you know, Versus yeah, came out. and then stuff that was like, I don't, and there's some song about bugs. And yeah. he's like got some like weird little stuff. But then I think they're, I think it is weird. There's like really weird interlude, like, I don't know, punky sound and stuff. But then you've got like, I guess, Better Man. That sounds like it could have been on uh, the previous album. Right. Well, Better Man, I think actually, if I'm remem- remembering right, <clears throat> that was a song that was written back. I think Eddie Vedder wrote it before he even joined Pearl Jam. No, oh, gotcha. Yeah, huh. I think I'm thinking that's what was said, maybe in that documentary that came out a while back. But, um, but yeah, I mean that was weird. They shifted stylistically a lot and stuff, but it worked. It was a really cool, interesting album. And then I felt like the la- the next couple albums they were trying too hard to recapture that and just didn't make very consistent albums. I thought No Code was terrible. Um, and that's when they lost me. I was a pretty, you know, I was a pretty big fan. Like I said, man, when Versus came out, I fucking loved it. I cranked the shit out of that. And and Vitology was a you know weird one at first, but it did grow on me. And uh, so they kind of lost me at No Code. And then you know I'll hear stuff here and there that's kind of cool and. See, I really liked Yield, but I guess maybe that was kind of, I feel like that was like my introduction. Right. I was like 13 or 14. And I remember uh, when the mall here uh, still had like two music stores. There was like Sam Goody and Musicland. And out in front, uh, I think it was Sam Goody on the lower level. They just had a huge cardboard cutout of the Yield album. And it was, I don't know, maybe like a four feet by four feet or something. And I just remember that it looked cool. And I think they had Do the Evolution that came out as a single. Yeah. And it had like a Todd McFarlane music video. And I guess I was just like, oh, yeah, Todd McFarlane. He does Spawn. That's badass. Yeah, I mean, that had to be that had to be the last record that really had a big hit that kind of... But even that didn't stick around, you think about it. Yeah, because I like... I know there was a couple <clears throat> singles. I think Given to Fly... And like wish list, but yeah, those don't even get any airplay either. Yeah, yeah, there was good stuff on that album. I mean, they've put good stuff out over the years, and but I feel like this one is a really fresh sounding album. Like they kind of not completely reinventing themselves or anything, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of different. But I just feel like the songwriting is really weird to me because they'll have like really cool verses and then you expect some cool chorus and there's nothing like that. Uh, I mean, the first song, whoever said had a pretty catchy enough chorus, but that was one of the few that did. And then that super blood wolf moon. I thought that started off and I was like, man, this is badass. Like I can tell this is going to be the best song. And then it kind of, and then it just like goes to that da 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 thing in between the verses and I'm like, but well, what the fuck was that? Like it sounded like it didn't even belong there. It sounded like something you would do if you were recording a demo and you just kind of, you didn't have the chorus yet and you just kind of did something to fill it in while you were, you know. Is that what they call like scratch vocals or something? Yeah, well, no, because that would still be something that was actually written. But to me, it just sound, it starts off really cool and then it just sounds like, well, wait a minute, did they forget to fucking write this part? Because it doesn't even sound intentional, and I'm like, I don't know if they think it was just cool, like, ah, fuck, let's just leave it, man, it's cool, but 
it actually was really distracting and took me out of the song. Like, I feel like I, uh, to make that song better, you just got to, like, cut that 10 seconds out of there. I, I don't know. That's my opinion on the matter, maybe. Maybe some people love it and think it's brilliant. Oh, man, I love how it just kind of dropped out and he did that da-da-da thing. And I like how it sounded just unorganized and unthought out. Yeah, the first couple songs were just kind of all right. Yeah, and speaking of all right, see, nice segue, Andy. The song All Right, I thought, was one of the coolest songs on there. It had a really cool sound. It kind of sounded like one of the cooler songs that was on No Code, but with like a modern production that fits this album, you know. Um, There's one I wanted to highlight, and I don't know how you felt about it, but Quick Escape, I'd say that that was like my favorite song on this album. I thought it was okay. It didn't excite me, but it was, you know, it was okay. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I guess my opinion on most of the record is just that it's okay. Oh, gotcha. Because I thought, um, well, with that song, uh, that I thought kind of how uh, we were kind of saying some of them kind of lacked like a chorus. I thought at least... Uh, he's just saying quick escape, but uh, there's like some kind of cool like ooze for the backing vocals. And I thought that was kind of neat. And then I even liked the solo because it almost sounded like they were almost doing a little like Tom Morello thing. There's like some screeching in there, like they're hitting a, I don't know, some kind of pedal he would use. Right. Yeah, it kind of felt to me, you know. <sighs> A lot of this record felt almost more like an Eddie Vedder solo record because with all the other weird sounds they used, the band was almost not present on a lot of this album. Yeah, because then there's even one towards the end that is. It's just like him like solo, like a solo acoustic song. Yeah, you're talking about that comes and goes. Yeah. I thought that was the best song on the record too, to be honest with you. I thought that was the one that was really stood out as okay now here's a song you know a good chorus and it just had a cool feel to it and i thought out of the out of the rock stuff that never destination song was my favorite so and then like that seven o'clock song bummed me out because i thought it started off pretty good and then it was kind of like like the first few lines kind of lyrically and just the vibe i was like oh this is gonna be a cool song and then it didn't go anywhere next thing i know i'm like asleep basically <laughs> i wasn't even paying attention to it anymore it just kind of bummed me out like fuck i for the first 20 seconds i thought we had something here but i guess i was wrong oh um since we seem to almost be kind of the opposite a little bit because i kind of liked uh some of the ones like the ones i'd mentioned and then i came across an article, uh, though, it said the New York Times was talking about it, and they mentioned six highlights from the album. And they so they had six uh, songs listed, and they were um, All Right, uh, Super Blood Wolf Moon, um, Never Destination, uh, Comes and Goes, uh, River Cross, and Take the Long Way. Hmm. And I was like, the ones that I actually liked were the opposite songs. So I was like, maybe I'm hearing the... 
hearing a different album or something. Yeah, I mean, I was slightly closer to the New York Times, I guess, although a couple yeah. of those I wouldn't agree with, but <clears throat> maybe I should apply for a job at the New York Times. <laughs> so I imagine we can move on to one of these other albums. The next one I've got is In This Moment, which was also from the 27th of March. I've never really listened to this band before except for uh, their singles uh, that they had on X. I think it was like there was Blood and Horror. I think they're all like one-word titles, and they didn't really do anything for me. And I know they played here like a lot. They played uh, one of the X uh, Spring Fling shows. I think they opened up for uh, Stone Sour at that one I mentioned, I think, last episode. Uh, but then they like headlined a bunch of times at the Monarch and uh, even when it was the Limelight. So they seem to have a following around here. They just never did anything for me. And I didn't really want to hate them. Like, I kind of want to give them a chance. So that's kind of why I was like, well, maybe we'll try this album. And it wasn't too bad. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, Maria Brink does plenty for me. But that's a totally different subject, and we're here to talk about music. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I actually... I liked these guys before. I really like that Blood album, and I like a lot of the stuff before that. And yeah, because they've been around a while longer than I kind of uh, oh, thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've got some really good stuff. Some of their stuff, I mean, it was really more like metal. Like Maria can fucking you know do some of that really heavy screaming and stuff. And used to do that a lot more often. But then there'd be songs that were really pretty and she'd sing and all that too. So she's a great vocalist and she's beautiful if you couldn't maybe figure out that that's what I was alluding to before. But Yeah, uh, that's what I'd rather have. I'd rather have her singing instead of just the electronics on her vocals. And Well, that's what's weird to me. Like, I always thought she sounded badass before and that Blood album was kind of the breakthrough album for them that kind of put them gave them like mainstream success and put them on the map in that regards I mean they had a following before that but it was more metalheads and whatever and I, I love that Blood album I mean I'm not pretending to be super old school and knowing it was cool before it was cool because I, I didn't get into them until that Blood album and then I went back and listened to some of the older stuff and was like oh they do have some really cool stuff But whatever the album was after Blood, I'm drawing a blank, but I didn't care for it. They kind of just lost me there because everything was like a – like one of the songs was called Sex Metal Barbie, I think. Sounds right. Hopefully I didn't fuck any of the words up there, but I'm pretty sure it's called Sex Metal Barbie. And pretty much every song on that album was that same kind of thing. Like it was just some – cliche right like oh you got a hot chick and a metal band let's just oh because i guess they had a hit or something so they're like let's just keep going back to that style yeah and it was it was really just kind of that same like blood had the better production and stuff like the you know radio production and whatever but i just thought those songs were really 
cool on that album. There was, I mean, it was a great album. And then that, that next one just, just lost me. Everything was just cheesy. Everything just felt so contrived. And it was like, somebody said, okay, well, you're, you're a hot chick in a metal band. Let's just write every fucking song about that in some way, shape or form. So it was pretty, I was pretty tired of it. I didn't, I bought it and then I didn't really buy anything after that because it was such a letdown. <clears throat> and I, so I've heard some of the stuff that they've put out since. I can't really remember what the last record was called, but I've only heard a couple songs off of it. One of them I think was the Black Wedding song with Rob Halford. Um, but this album, I heard the song. The in between, I think, is the single. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking up, that's yeah. the one I think they put out first. Yeah, and I saw the video for it because somebody had posted it on Facebook, and uh, I watched it. I, I dug that song, so I was like, ah, maybe this new album will be cool, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's just kind of. I was listening to it. I listened to the first half of it the first time yesterday out jogging around the neighborhood and I was like I kind of enjoyed it more doing that than sitting and listening to it and just listening to it so it was a decent enough I guess workout companion but at the same time first of all I don't like that Fly Like an Eagle song I don't like the original I don't really need a remake I didn't think the remake was necessarily bad although she sang it really weird, and it was, like, distracting me. The whole first verse, I'm sitting there going, why is she fucking singing like that? Like, that don't even... Like, she was doing yeah, something there was weird. Something, like, with me, when I heard that song, that Fly Like an Eagle, it's like they slowed it way down, and I was like, the drumming and stuff sounded, like, in the air tonight. And I'm like, are they actually covering that song and just singing Fly Like an Eagle? Yeah, I, it just was nonsense to me. It didn't need to be on there. Yeah. And then that in-between song was cool. That legacy song is kind of cool. It had kind of a weird retro 80s vibe to it. That, like when the chorus, That's exactly what I thought. I thought it was like it could have been an 80s power ballad or something. Well, when the chorus finally kicks in, because it kind of slowly builds up, it kind of like has a weird feel to it. Like it should be in like an 80s teen flick or something, you know? I don't know, like in some, like, or just some 80s movie that has, like, some montage scene, you know? I don't know. But those, to me, were kind of the highlights, because then you get to the We Will Rock You cover, and it's like, okay, I don't think the world really needs another cover of this song. And really all this was was just an excuse to get three girls together, flex a little muscle, show some girl power. Um, yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. I think like, I don't really follow in this moment that much, but I do know that they toured with Hailstorm before, and I think that Taylor Momsen, uh, the Pretty Reckless, I think they've toured before, and they were supposed to be touring again. So it kind of sounds like they just kind of covered this. So then that will be like the encore or something on the tour. Right. Yeah, just an excuse to have something, which it probably would be cool live. But, you know, doing yeah. covers live is one thing. 
Yeah, because that's the thing, too. Right. Like, um, I noticed, yeah, they've got that Fire Like an Eagle cover. Then they had this cover. Then the last song on the album, I didn't know what it was, but it says it's a Mazzy Star cover. So I was like, maybe it would have been more impactful to just have, like, the We Will Rock You instead of kind of putting these other ones on there to lessen the, uh, all the covers. Well, I know when I've listened to Mother, my first thought was, oh, thank God it's not a Danzig cover. <laughs> Because after having a couple other covers already, I'm like, oh, my God. If this is the Danzig song, I'm shutting this motherfucker off. And that song wasn't bad. It was, you know, I I guess overall, like, there was really only the two songs I dug. And the rest of it's a pretty tired record. I feel bad saying it. Because, uh, see, that's the thing with me. I think I was a little bit of uh, the opposite. Bad. I was trying to give it a chance. But... I didn't really like that in-between song, and I was like, eh, okay, this is what I was expecting them to sound like for the entire album. But then um, Legacy came on, and I was like, like we were saying, I was like, holy shit, this is like a cool, like, you know, power ballad type of song. But then, uh, and then they went in, and they had like that mother, uh, that kind of like mid-tempo song. Then uh, I think they had a couple more, like Born in Flames. And I was like, so I kind of like those mid-tempo ones more than uh, them just being a metal band, a straight metal band, I guess. Yeah, I felt like the mid-tempo stuff was getting old, though. By the time you get to the second half of the record, it's like, oh, okay. I was yeah, because that's them. what I said, too. I was like, well, those were kind of cool. But then, yeah, the second half, it's all of that, like, like repeatedly. So it almost lessened the ones I did like. Yeah. I mean, basically, I was out running around the neighborhood yesterday listening to this, and I shut it off and put blood on and listened to that album because it just made me want to listen to the shit that I dig, that they've done, you know? So, and I hate saying that. I hate liking a band and then just not liking anything past an album because it's not like I'm not giving their new stuff a chance. It's just... Hey, so they're like uh, Pearl Jam, I guess. <laughs> I hadn't listened to like Adrenalize. That song is badass. I like that horror song, to be honest with you. And I think Blood is the shit. So... Well, I think I realized, uh, too, maybe what my problem was or something um, with them. Maybe I should go give that older stuff a chance. But... I noticed the producer on this album is Kevin Churko, who he, it says he's produced like all their albums of the last, like, I guess, 10 years or so. Then uh, Kevin Churko, I knew that guy's name because he produces all of Five Finger Death Punch's albums. He produced that Ozzy album, um, Scream. And I think there's some other stuff he's produced. And it kind of all has that same like style. So maybe that's why I didn't like some of those in this moment songs. Um, because I'm like, if you just, uh, changed out, uh, the two vocalists that Ivan Moody or this Maria Brink, they basically would be the same band. Mm. Yeah. But Maria's awfully pretty. So <laughs> I'd, I'd rather watch and listen to her. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I think it's the say it'd be the same band, but I see what you're saying. It's, it is that modern. I feel like the production. guitar tones the same, or that kind yeah. of crunchy. Well, I feel like at this point it's like a Maria Brink solo thing, anyhow, because she's the only recognizable 
band member. No one, I mean, that guitar player, I think, it's was always her and him that kind of wrote the songs and stuff. But I don't know. She's kind of the star of the show, and it kind of seems like these last couple albums that's kind of been the case. Like, it's all just kind of, hey, let's just let her do her thing and uh, stay the fuck out of her way because she's, you know... She's selling the records at the end of the day. I mean, because A, she's hot. Two, she's got a cool voice. C, I don't know. (laughs) That might be the only two things. No, I mean, there's cool songs. There are catchy songs and stuff, but I can't. I don't know. They're just, they've been losing something. And they didn't gain it back on this one, that's for sure. So... Well, I guess I'm going to go after this. I might go check out some of their past albums then just to give more of a chance. Yeah, some of the stuff prior to Blood is really cool. I mean, Gun Show is a badass song. I love that song. I get it in my head, and then it's just like it's... I listened to that one yesterday, too. Like, oh, I got to go. I got to listen to that one now. You know, and so now I want to listen to it now. Huh. I guess it makes sense podcast. to make her uh, the focus of the band because I was even uh, thinking about this too. Is like there's really not a lot of women in like rock and roll like now. And then I was thinking, well, shit. If you look at other decades, uh, there really aren't a lot of women either. So it kind of makes sense to kind of make her the focus of the band because really, I think all you got right now is as far as like uh, the radio rock goes. You've got that Lizzie Hale and Hailstorm, and that's it on that dial. I think WWCT has a few more women, like the L King and uh, stuff like that, but it still is more male-dominated, too. Yeah, I mean, that's not really... I mean, it's rock, but it's not rock. I mean, so... No, I mean, I get it. It's... It, you know, there really are only those few. That's the funny thing about it is you got Maria Brink, Lizzie Hale, and Taylor Momsen all in that one song. And when you think about modern rock and who the heavy hitters are when it comes to female uh, singers, you know, those are th- the three. I mean, <clears throat> I personally, I've heard some of the pretty reckless stuff, and it's okay. But I, I kind of feel the same way about Lizzie Hale. And Hailstorm. I mean, she can sing her ass off, and they're a killer band. But at the same time, their songs don't really do shit for me. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Sorry, there goes our chance at getting Lizzie on the show, <laughs> uh, or Maria for I, that matter. I'd love to talk to Maria Brink, but she listens to this, which she won't, unless somebody tips her off. She'd probably just think I'm a dick for talking shit about her last couple albums so hey well maybe uh um they can come on and then they could like uh prove us wrong or something yeah i don't think they can do that it's not a right or wrong anyhow (laughs) it's an opinion thing maybe i'm wrong 
Maybe I, maybe we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Andy, but that's okay. Hey, well, we're not bashing them, really. We're saying they still got some cool stuff. It's entertainment. We're just here to entertain, man. We ain't here to be right or wrong. No. We're just here to talk some shit. So what do we got, man? We just, we're down to the final one. Titans of Creation by Testament. Yeah. This one, like... Do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off? Because I started off the other one. You have been starting off a lot lately. No, I, I feel like, I feel like since like I'm the one who's in the room, and you're, you know, calling in, you're the one on call. I feel like I'm talking more than you, and I hope I'm not to where I'm like uh, no no. Because I was asking you stuff too. Like, people are hey, listening and they're like, shut the fuck up, Brent. We want to know what Andy thinks. It's well, kind of, oh. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I'll start it off then. Well, hell um, yeah, kick it. Not, well, one thing about this album is actually, there's one thing that I noticed about uh, Testament is that two of the guys now have been diagnosed with this COVID-19. So I thought that really sucked. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I saw the singer did a while back, right? Like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because they did a European tour, and when they came back, it said Chuck Billy and his wife are in isolation uh, because he was diagnosed with it. But then just recently, uh, the bass player, um, I think his name's uh, Steve DiGiorgio, he was diagnosed too. <coughs> wow. Well, that's what they get for sharing microphones, fucking dirtbags. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that sucks. It's going to obviously keep happening. So I'm sure we haven't even heard the bulk of that, those kind of stories yet. But so like, I guess at least they were kind of able to uh, tour somewhat to do some promotion because it kind of seems like it's weird. Like you know how it goes. Like usually these bands they'll have an album come out and then they'll tour like right away. But it's like, how can they really promote these albums now um, that are still coming out if they're not uh, touring? You know probably going to impact their sales i think yeah i don't know i'm it's tough to say i mean testament's one of those bands that's been around forever at this point and i think the fans like they're only going to appeal to their fans anyhow and their fans are going to be the only ones to buy this record you know what i mean like you're not going to hear this yeah on any radio station and go oh fuck i have to have that so i don't know man i don't know how much it will impact it because i feel like they're a cult following kind of band and people that were going to buy it in the first place are going to buy it. They already know about it and they bought it, you know, and everybody else is going to just probably stream it like a dickhead. And, you know, not that I'm <laughs> calling all you streamers dickheads, but you know, but yeah. you are. No. Uh, yeah, man. So I, you know, personally for the sake of talking about the album, so have you ever uh, listened to a lot of Testament before, or is this like... Yeah, I've listened to probably everything up to low. I don't... I've heard some of the stuff since then, but I haven't really been keeping up, you know? Like, they're just one of those bands that they... I mean, they started off, they were like a thrash band, you know? I mean, that's what they were. That's kind of what a lot of these bands were back then. And then they kind of moved into the new metal territory and low was a really cool album and as far as that newer 
Testament sound goes, I like that one. But they kind of were losing me after that. Like, I just didn't really follow it. And I don't know that they lost me because I heard anything and didn't like it. Maybe just became disinterested because it, because of the modern sound that they were moving into. But, I mean, because at the same time, I haven't ever really heard anything that I completely disliked, but... You know, I definitely like the older stuff. Everything low and before. So, this album for me, man, kind of was great. <laughs> I mean, you know, it caught me off guard because I hadn't really listened to the last few things. and Or maybe I have and I just don't remember. That might be the case, too. Um, yep, you just streamed them and didn't buy them. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was disposable. But yeah, I uh, I bought some of their other shit before, so I've given them some money. They can fuck off. Uh, <laughs> no, I this album to me starts off, man, right out the gate, really fucking cool. I mean, that first album, Children of the Next, or first album, first song, Children of the Next Level. It it reminds me. It's it's almost like they're going back old school and kind of sounding thrashy again, like they started out but with modern elements, not only the production, but just like, to me, it sounds a lot like Mastodon. There's kind of an element of, it sounds influenced by Mastodon a little bit to me. And so I thought that was really cool. The fucking opening track was a, you know, knocks your dick in the dirt. So (laughs) I, uh, I like that. I thought dream deceiver, was kind of the obvious hit man that had a really great hook to it dude that song like man i just want to fucking like how i was talking about sabbath like uh last week and some of those songs made me want to just i don't know turn the volume up as loud as i could turn it up that dream deceiver song i want to seriously want to like blast that as loud as i can and i was even picturing like the I don't know, like Marty McFly and Back to the Future. Um, you know where he plugs in and he basically like blasts himself across the room. I want to do that with that song. Well, I don't know what's stopping you, man. Just buy a big giant speaker. <laughs> Your neighbors will hate you, but hey, man, they might hear a cool song though. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I mean, I thought this album was cool. I, you know. It's towards the end, it gets a little redundant. Like the last few songs, I kind of could have lived without, you know. But it's it's got some really badass songs. I mean, those two that I already mentioned, that Night of the Witch song is really cool. It's like an evil sounding song. Yeah. I like evil shit because I'm just twisted and weird. So, yeah, man, I don't. I don't have a lot to say about it because sometimes it's like, sometimes you can just put an album on and listen to it, you know? (laughs) And you don't necessarily have to have these long explanations as to why each song is cool and the other songs are kind of lacking and it's whatever, man. Fuck it. I'm not here to write a extensive review on this. It's a solid record, to be honest with you. I'm probably going to look and see if I can purchase it on vinyl. Hey, I saw they had something, an indie exclusive is a blue-colored vinyl. I think the regular is red. So there you go. You got your choice. 
There you go, blue or red. I'll buy fucking one of each, man. I don't care. Nah, I'm just kidding. But sounded good when it came out of my mouth. I don't give a fuck. I'll buy them both. <laughs> um, see, you're familiar with Testament, and you listen to them a lot. And you kind of, I kind of, um, I have only heard them in, in like name only. Like I knew the name Chuck Billy, uh, and I know the name, I guess, coming up on like tours, because I think they've toured with Megadeth a lot. And stuff I was thinking back. I think it was like what Clash of the Titans or something in the nineties. I think they've toured with them um recently, but I just never listened to these guys before. And I think I feel like when it comes to metal, I'm like a basic bastard. Like I, I stick with the Megadeths and the Judas Priests and stuff like that. But hmm. I think I think with being like shut in for a while longer, I'm going to go and listen to some old school Testament. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of those other bands are great from the thrash era, you know, Testament, Exodus. I mean, if you're into Megadeth and I mean, I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> you only mentioned Megadeth. That might be the only thrash band you're into at this point, but uh, well, there's Metallica started out thrashy. Right. And they're Anthrax. Yeah, I was gonna say Anthrax. I've that's one of the few bands that to me they get better every album. It's fucking crazy. Like there's not too many other bands from that era where you can say, hey, those last few records fucking smoke anything they put out when they first. And the people would argue with me about that, I'm sure, but but I personally think so. I think that that For All Kings album and uh, Jesus. I'm drawing a blank on the one before that, what it was called. But that was a great album. All the shit with John Bush was killer. Like, every album with him just got better and better. Yeah, so, I'm more familiar, I guess, with that era. Like, I guess, what would it be, like, 90s Anthrax? Yeah, I mean, dude, I didn't want... When they fired him and got the original dude back, I was kind of mad, like, what the fuck are they doing that for, man? This new record's going to suck. And then it ended up being badass, you know? Because I just thought John Bush had a way cooler voice, you know? But but he's back in Armored Saint now, and I think they put a new album out, like, a year or two ago. So Yeah, they even toured. I think they were in Peoria a couple years ago. They opened up for uh, Queensryche at, uh, when it was still the limelight. So I guess that's going back at least, like, two or three years. Yeah, I wanted to go to that just to see Armored Saint. I didn't end up going. I didn't have any desire to see uh, Queensryche. So I'm not a very big Queensryche fan anyhow, and I really would have no desire to see him without Tate and the band, so it's whatever. Yeah, like I'm trying to think. Like I don't think a lot of people were even at that show because I feel like they were – um, Queensryche was there already in uh, the same calendar year, just a few months prior. So I don't know. Like you'd have to be a huge fan to go see the same band twice in a year, I guess. Yeah, it seems kind of silly to me. I mean, I don't know. But you know, Jason, my guitar player, he's a fucking diehard. He's I, he could probably tell you how many he, times he's seen them, and it's crazy. He's probably seen them a hundred fucking times. So, but, and I wish I was exaggerating, but sadly, it's probably not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I'm gonna text him now and say, "Hey, man, how many times have you seen 
Queensryche, so, but, well, hey, man, anyhow, I think that kind of wraps it up as far as this episode goes. Yeah, like, I thought this was a pretty good uh, grouping of albums. I mean, like, I wasn't totally, like, in love with all of them, but I didn't hate any of them. They're all really good. Yeah. Yeah, they were okay. I thought it was, you know, like I said, everything had something I dug. I'd say the Testament one might have been my favorite. That or the Brian Fallon. The Brian Fallon one was solid enough. So, so yeah. And it was kind of a good selection, too, because it wasn't all uh, metal either. Yeah, we probably need to get, like, another good pop album one of these days, but I don't know. Not everything's going to be like that Halsey album, so... Well, I think Lady Gaga, she's got something still coming out in April. Yeah, she does. And actually, I like that new song. So, there you go. Yeah, I do too. Like, I actually, like, I've liked a lot of her uh, singles, but the uh, stuff I listen to most, if I listen to Lady Gaga, is that uh, A Star Is Born soundtrack. Yeah, see, I wasn't. I didn't have the heart on for that that everybody else did. I mean, I thought the movie was great, but as far as the soundtrack, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, they're good songs and stuff, but I, I don't know. I didn't get super excited for it like everybody else did. So, Well, then maybe, yeah, that'll be a good thing to talk about Lady Gaga then coming up. Yeah, I like her enough. She's got some songs I like, even when she just rewrites Madonna songs and shit. So <laughs> just takes a Madonna song and puts different words in it. And, Calls it her own. No problem there. All right, man. Well, hey. So I'm going to sign off of here. And uh, so thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, we uh, will be back soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.